It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to yet another installment of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast, based on the book, The 27 Rules for Influencers and Leaders, and so on and so forth. We've done this 35 times. The book went from hardcover to paperback. You went around the world twice and then, and we're to 36, which I believe reminds you of one Jerome Bettis. I'm going to say the boss. Is that I'm your guy? Say Lester Hayes. Le- Lester, you know, I'm a Lester Hayes. You're guy. old school. Yeah, I, I want, want to stick them. I, I like the idea of stick them. The old yeah. stick them from yeah. the Island of Misfit Toys, to Oakland, slather. Oakland, Los Angeles, Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, indeed. Once upon a time, that's yes, a lot indeed. of places to be. They're doing a lot of places out there. I've been a lot of places. This next week, yep. I get to go with the ESPN family to the Wisconsin. Sports Award. The Wisconsin Sports They're happening already again? Already. I thought that was a uh, boy. Really? I'm jacked up. It's exciting. It's Wisconsin okay. Sports, for those that don't know, is uh, put on by a Good Karma Brands, the parent company of ESPN West Palm, ESPN Milwaukee, etc., ESPN Cleveland, and so forth. And a few years ago, we had a meeting, and I'm an ESPN uh, West Palm on-air personality, for those that don't know. And in the middle of the meeting, uh, somebody signaled for me to come out of the, the meeting room. And it was all content. It was all on-air talent, producers, etc., and they said, uh, Craig is on the phone for you. Craig is the founder, CEO yeah. of this company. Yes, he is. And part owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'm like, what the hell does he want with me? He called me out of the middle of a meaningless content meeting. And he explained that he uh, needed me to be the voice of the Wisconsin Sports Awards. The woman that they always had doing it. You know, like when you watch the Emmys. Sure. And they go, our next presenter, please welcome the star of. And uh, so she was running a marathon or something. She got sick. And she goes, can you do this in a pinch? Can you record all the, please, he's the Super Bowl winning quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, and he's the coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. Please welcome Aaron Rodgers and Bo, whatever his name was. <laughs> and uh, I was like, sure, why not? I had a doctor's appointment and whatnot. They had like 17 pages of script. <laughs> I laid it down. Like, what are you going to say, no to the boss? So You the, don't say no to the company. Great. And it was a great honor. And then teammates went to the awards, and they came back, and they're like, I heard this voice. I play, welcome, everyone, to the 2015 and uh, they're like, I knew that was you. And I said, yeah. And I said, they didn't pay me. So that's oh, the whole you, story. But you get paid in other ways. I was only kidding. I it's know. an attitude of gratitude. It's I got attitude. to do it. I didn't have to do it. Well, from what I'm I got told, the opportunity, from Steve. what I'm told, just to put your arms around that event, I've been told it's a great event. Like, it I'm going to have a really good time. It is the ESPYs for all things Midwest. That's it is correct. the ESPYs of Wisconsin. And so all of the, the, te- you know, yep. the team guys show up. It's in the brand new Milwaukee uh, arena. Right, there you go. Brand new first event. Greek in the, freak. The new Bucks all the Packers arena. and the coaches and the Wisconsin Badgers. It's a who's And the- then I get to work with the entire Good Karma management team That's great. Thursday morning. Don't embarrass yourself. They get to hear the wisdom. Please. Just don't. Steve Noodleberg. Just don't embarrass us. I will not embarrass Because this podcast is catching fire now. It's getting there. And you don't get us canceled. They do talk to me. They They say, hey, we listen. Congratulations on the success of the book, obviously. All of the uh, instruction that you do around the country. And you have a special guest once again today. Another special guest for number 36. So this gentleman and I uh, share what we call deal flow. Deal flow. Right, which, which for those that are not educated about that, there's lots of opportunity in the world, and we build pipeline together mm-hmm. and then go deliver results. And so I am 
happy and excited to welcome my friend, my business development partner, and all around super dude. Wow. Or you do it. Aura Udowitz. Yeah. Good, good to have good to have you. CEO at Deck Smarter, Chief Strategist, Strategy Blast LLC, and a friend of Steve's. So he vouches for you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me here today. Um number thirty six. So my number thirty six would be Marcus Smart, Boston Celtics, Ooh, nice. right? Marcus Smart. He's a little more current. A little more Are you a Celtic fan? I am a Celtic We're fan. Done. Yeah. We're done. We're done. I already heard I, sh- I, I should have said it from England. the beginning. I heard yeah. the New England reference before about, you know, Tom Brady. Right. Dude. Yeah. Sam Sam Darnold. All right, so so Steve's done. So we'll we'll just keep this going here. So you and yeah, I, Josh. You and I. I mean, I went you know two thousands. Steve went seventies, and then you yeah. went current day. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Little little bit a uh, little bit more current day. A little more contemporary. So what I thought we would do today, which is kind of you know in keeping with this master's mentality about learning about the terms and technologies and things that people do to keep current in this new economy. Mm-hmm. Um, he started a company because there's so many people who have a new business idea and cannot commit their business plan into a uh, what we call a deck mm-hmm. you know that he created a company called deck smarter where i direct anybody i know that is starting something if you can't put it in a coherent uh, presentation nobody's going to buy into it and so why don't you tell us about that Please. that's that's what we did so we really you know wanted to look for where are the opportunities when you look at a startup how do you tell your vision to the world how do you boil that down into the number of different ways that you're going to interact with somebody? So you've got your elevator pitches, you've got your executive summaries, pitch decks, verbal pitches. We've all seen Shark Tank at this point. Mm-hmm. And how do you tell that story? And it's really hard for a founder to be able to take that vision that sits in their head and, and express it to the investment community for the most part. But really, even from a sales perspective, how do you tell that story in an effective, meaningful way? So how do you do that? So what we do is we really want to sit with the owner of a business and, and really get to the essence of what their company is doing. How do we boil it down into what's the why, right? If we get if we get to the why and we can say it in a one-sentence, two-sentence approach, we can take it from there and then build it out and get into the nitty-gritty, the details, all that stuff that goes into later. The why is everything, isn't it? If you start with the why, like Simon Sinek says, mm-hmm. it's all going to follow from there. See, but, I, I try and teach the producer of this podcast, the voice of the FAULs. The wonderful. Who's just a couple weeks away from calling a blowout it. loss at, uh, at Oklahoma. <laughs> is it Oklahoma or Nebraska? Who's going to blow you out week one? It's number five, Oklahoma, and they're not going to be blown out, okay, we'll actually. See about that. I try and teach Ken Levicka, <laughs> the voice of the FAULs, and Lane Kiffin's best friend. Uh, just not, think if they win, though. It, if oh, I'm not, if, they, if, if FAU wins, I'm not coming to work on Monday. I'm going to be insufferable. <laughs> I'm not coming to work out. He will be insufferable. I'll let him just play it for two hours. That's why I like to him yelling, game. touchdown, FAU! <laughs> um, I always try to teach my young uh, protege here, Ken Levicka, it's not the what, it's the why. Everything is about the motivation. In this instance here for business, it is so important that people are able to convey that message, the why, immediately. Otherwise, attention gets lost, does it not? Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that we do in the pitch deck is we really try to help business owners understand that if you're presenting this opportunity to one investor, you're probably presenting it to 100, to 200, however many. Right. And they're looking at another 1,000, 5,000 you know, on an annual basis. You're just a, a, a pieces of paper in a pile. Mm-hmm. So how do you stand out? amongst the crowd. Start with that why, and then you go into the grab. And that's really the biggest value that we provide is helping companies understand what's that grab. How do you pull somebody in to have a further discussion, to be interested in what you're going to say as a company in the next 15 pages of your pitch deck? I would imagine anyone that listens to this podcast, anyone that reads Steve or follows along with him is most interested in the grab. 
Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that is for them all that they are looking for. Is it not the opportunity and, to and grab? Everybody has at some point in the process needs to get the grab mm-hmm. and most people fail miserably. You know, so because a founder has a great idea, this kernel of an idea does not mean they know how to articulate it or know how to sell it. More importantly, like, okay, you know, how are we going to do this? How are we going to present it to somebody so that they get what I already see? And and this was the genesis of us looking at a lot of bad stuff. It's all about the grab? That's where you start. Yeah. Nobody's going to listen to whatever you have to say if you cannot pull that attention. Mm -hmm. It's got so many different things going on in, in your world. That you don't know when you're sitting across from an investor, did they have a bad day? Did they have a good day? Mm-hmm. Are things going well for them? Who knows what's going on in their life? The more you can grab that attention and continue to show them what your company is about and tell that in a coherent, cohesive way, that's the only way you're going to get their attention to ultimately get what you want, which is their investment. So people may or may not realize that they actually need you more than you need them. Oh, Yeah, that's uh, that we, we've come to that understanding. And are Absolutely. they okay with understanding that? Because yeah, I think so. all relationships to be successful need to be symbiotic. Yeah. Ab- and, and some folks may not recognize the fact that they need you. So a lot of the companies that come to us, and, and when, we, when I originally envisioned the company, I thought I'd be preparing pitch decks from scratch. I thought that's, that's the way that we would go. People would have an idea on a paper napkin. They'd need some help. We'd go ahead and, and implement the stuff that they want from there. But the truth of the matter is that most of the companies have put something together. They've been failing or struggling at this for a few months, a few years, a decade, whatever it may be. And, and once we come in, we can really help them to say, why are you telling this story? You should be telling this story very They don't know what their story should be. They don't know. And it's really hard. Well, and and I, even from my own perspective, as a founder myself, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to, to see what I see and to know the blocks that I have in front of me. Right. So having a second set of eyes that can uh, not just look at it, but help you shape it and understand this is not the vision you should be going with. This is the vision you should be going. Steve, you, you were about well, to interject. Well, interestingly enough, you know, you know, this idea was presented to me two years ago, and I helped him, you know, look at his blind spot and say, here's what I know, here's what I know the need is, and what I don't think people realize is that once you've presented or created this, this you know, living document, mm-hmm. it winds up in front of other people without you there. Right. And so I don't think it's perception becomes it's reality. All of a sudden, you know, you could be in front of somebody that you would love to be in front of. That's the only trigger to getting that what I call that first visit. And if you don't represent it right, you're you know, it's an instant no. And no is contagious. Right. You know, no just goes. Just just like head and shoulders taught us. Right. right. You Mm -hmm. only get one chance to make that first impression. Right. So if you can't do that right away. You're out of the ballgame. So here's another theme that often gets introduced in this podcast in 35 previous episodes. And I learned this lesson back in college. I mean, I'm a young man, so it was like, what, Steve, five, ten years ago? You are. Maybe a little longer. Um, (laughs) Your perception is reality. And I think you probably face the obstacle of a lot of these folks thinking that this is what their story should be, and you saying that's not at all. What, What they believe their perception should be is not in fact what yeah. it needs to be. Yeah, hundred percent. And 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 really, you want to be able to see it from the investor's perspective. So uh, I might be really interested in the feature set that we built out in this awesome, cool technology, but that may not be what's interesting to the investor. They mm. want to know how am I going to make my money back? How is this an opportunity that I'm going to turn into a 10x, 20x, 40x kind of opportunity? So distilling that into uh, a real understanding of how to tell that story over the course of the slides and then helping them understand that it's not just the pitch deck. That's one tool 
that you have in your tool belt. The elevator pitch is a big one. We talk about this all the time. You never know when you're going to be in a situation mm -hmm. that you have the opportunity to present even a 10-second opener. Yeah. you right? got 22 seconds in the elevator. Yeah. How do you convey that message in a manner in which you've grabbed them? Right, and, and you've got that opportunity pretty much everywhere you go. You know, I tell the story about one of the business partnerships that we have, which has been really awesome, and, and we continue to grow. Uh, I, was in, I was at an event, jumped in an Uber pool, and uh, the guy jumped into the Uber pool That's with. His, Do you his, take Uber pool intentionally for this reason? So I, I ordinarily would not have taken Uber pool. Okay. We were coming from an event. I was going to someplace a little far away. I'll admit that the uh, the regular Uber prices were a little bit more than I wanted to spend. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, you know what? We're all coming from the same event. Uh, I'll jump in the Uber pool. We'll get in it together. Interesting. And, and whether you believe in in divine intervention or or blind luck or whatever you want to call it. We, we jumped in the super pool, opened up a conversation, and, and what this guy's business is is so far above and beyond. We've got deal flow that's going back and forth, in, and it's really been a, a great partnership. Steve chooses to sit at the bar for happy hour and for early evening dinners, etc., because he says you don't meet anybody sitting at the table by yourself. You get a lot of business, and you make a lot of relationships, and you create a bunch of connections that are symbiotic by doing just that. Well, Tony, our last guest, by choosing to keep the company of strangers, to go out again with us and and hang out. That right. that relationship, the genesis of that relationship, started right. in a social setting. Uber Pool is a social setting, and this guy is the CEO of the of the company that right. we're working with. Right, they're a monster. 70-year-old company. 130 employees doing $2.5 billion of business a year. I was just Go curious pick. if your yeah. personal philosophy was, no, no, Uber Pool, because you never know who you might meet and how you might connect. Well, it wasn't until that point in time, but you <laughs> better, you better believe it is now. <laughs> because last night as I went for Monday Night Meatballs, I made sure I, I, I didn't want to sit at the bar because right. I don't want to talk to strangers. I don't want to get nothing. But I thought of you the entire time. Because the people next to me were all making friends and all in Wisconsin and Michigan. And I know that town. I, was, I thought of you and how you get business done. And I just want to be left the hell alone. Yeah, which, is always a <laughs> which is always a choice. Right. But, you know, what's interesting about this whole idea, this whole concept of how do you present your company boils down to the actual salespeople as well. We, we had lunch today. Uh, we actually spent the whole day with our guest from New York, uh, Wendy Green. Say hello. Wendy, hello, Wendy Green. And um, another friend of ours, Mick, who came from the – Mick McClendon, who came from the West Coast. Mm -hmm. And we were just sitting talking to him. And in his presentation of what he did, we gave him two pointers to not say this and say this. Mm. And he walked out on a, on a cloud going, I would have never thought that that would have been important but when you have somebody else right. listening, and, and I was like, why, why would you say this? Why, why don't you Listen, say this? Like, like yeah. a, when, we did that today. When, when Chris Rock comes to town, you know, and I'll get a message <laughs> like, Chris is going to do a secret show at the Improv. Why is Chris Rock playing the Improv for 300 people? Surprise! He's trying new material because Testing. as much as he may love it and is a superstar of a giant of comedy of the all-time Mount Rushmore he may be, he needs to find out what they think. And they, he always says, don't fall in love with a joke. Right. And you had someone today who may have been in love with their own joke. Correct. And they just tried to, and, and you said, no, no, no. You were the audience that said, that doesn't work. This does. There you go. Oh, yeah. He specifically came over today to sit with us and say, hey, would you guys be willing to take a look at who I am, what I say, how I say it, who I say it to? And so wow. he, he put himself in that, you know, incubator, if you will, so we could look at him and go, you know, and, and it was very clear to us that he was missing something mm -hmm. that he walked out with. So it's a simple tweak that when you're presenting your business and there's big dollars involved, right. 
you know, you want to be crystal clear because you're not getting a second at bat. Or a lot of people are resistant to the idea that you know better than they do. Uh, I don't see that. No, I think that people um, recognize the value when it's received. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking with the business, we want to be able to show them, you know, real skill set that 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 opens up the door for them to understand where some of those missteps are. Um, so we had a great opportunity. So they're more receptive to the criticism, to the okay, we really like this, we thought this, but if you say so, yeah. So companies that are. Um, banging their heads against the wall. They're now six months in and trying to get to whatever their objective is, yeah. whether it's on the sales side or, or completing a funding round, any of those things, they're at the point where they want it's a life like, vest. Yeah, yeah. So, somebody please come help me. And, mm-hmm. and that's where we really kind of excel. Um, one of the things I was going to say in terms of, you know, kind of sitting at the bar and that analogy yeah. is we look at a lot of deals. Deck Smarter is willing to look at a lot of deals because mm-hmm. we want to see them. And this sort of transitions into the other part of the business. More than me. <laughs> yeah. As the analogy I give I Steve know. all the time is that I'm still drinking from the fire hose to a certain degree. And, right. and Steve's on the corner having, you know, Pellegrino. <laughs> but but w- that's that's kind of how we operate. But we look at a lot of those deals because some of the companies will be able to help. And some of the companies will provide them a service by, you know, here you go. We, we've put together your pitch deck. And now you have all your tools to go out and and do this on your own. And others want a more... Um, more personal, more intimate kind of relationship sure. with us for us to help them with the strategic introductions and the value that we can bring in terms of the community that we know, uh, you know, Steve and I together, and then others that we have outside of our networks to help them achieve the goal. The deck itself is a means to an end. They want to get to the end. So if we can help them do that. So the deck is a vehicle in this? Absolutely. Okay. Right? So there's a, if there's a continuum, if there's a conveyor belt that exists here. It's not the contents. It is the vehicle. Yeah. So you, you've got your, oftentimes it's going to start with an elevator pitch. Then I'm going to send you an email with an executive summary. When can we meet? When can I show you through a go-to meeting or in person mm-hmm. what the pitch deck looks like? Then I've got to show you the investor documents. That's a long process, a long sales cycle to get somebody to commit to an investment in your company. And that's typically the way that it's done. But at the end of the day, the bottom line, isn't it really the recipient immediately recognizing how this A, is going to make me money, B, make my life easier, C, make me look good? That's the ideal. Well, well I, here's where I would shine in. And, and we talked about this in, in a previous podcast, that just because you're an entrepreneur and just because you came up with a great idea doesn't mean you're good at creating all of the other pieces of the puzzle that need to happen. Right. And so coming to that realization that say, hey, you know what? I don't need to do this by myself. There is an affordable way to get this service done that positions me for success. I mean, when we talk, you know, to people on the investment side and they look at it and they go, wow, this is real. This is, you know, somebody did this mm-hmm. right. right. That instantly positions you as a much you know, different thought leader than if you come in and, you know, for instance, your shoes aren't polished, this would be the same kind of thing. If your deck's not polished and it doesn't really look right, Right. doesn't have what they're looking for, it instantly puts a seed of doubt in people's minds. And that's, you know, you just can't afford to do that in this competitive you got one shot that first impression matters that's right and and part of the process also that's that's lost on a lot of the founders is they're not even sure who to talk to at what point in their company if you're pre-revenue and you're talking to private equity firms you're barking up the wrong tree so so they need that advice are Are, are these folks guessing i think they they think very much in a linear fashion Mm -hmm. i need funds these guys have funds let's get together and that's and and you're going to waste a lot of time Mm -hmm. ryan cohen the founder of chewy uh, tells a story about how he had a list of 100 friends and he was looking to have them invest in the company, all local here in South Florida. 
and uh, and he went to each of them. And they all said no. So he went out to San Francisco. Had there's a there's a whole area of people that you can go and and visit. All the VCs are very close to each other. Went out to them. They all said no. Came back. Went revisited his 100. Got one investor to come in out of his friends, and that was it. And how much did they sell their company for? Three point three billion. Right three commas here. on that. Right here. There's three commas. Three commas. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. So, you know, you just never know. The uh, business development idea. You hear the term. People go to a networking event and chamber events. I'm in business development. One of the topics we're supposed to cover today is the idea of what business development really is. And to you, Ori, it is what? Yeah, it's a great question. So business development, to me, uh, takes on all of the other angles that sales and partnership uh, are typically not covered within an organization. So you've got a company, you've got a product, let's say you're selling a technology to restaurants. So in my mind, you have a sales team that sells in directly to individual restaurants. That's sales. To me, business development is everything else that exists outside of that that allows you to continue to have those relationships on a global level with the restaurant community. So partnership deals. So if you're selling to restaurants, great, you continue to do that. From a business development perspective, we would come in and say, how do we get you in front of the Florida Restaurant Lodging Association, the National Restaurant Association, mm-hmm. those kind of relationships, or bigger kinds of opportunities that your normal sales force are probably not equipped to handle. Uh, partnership deals that just make sense from a revenue standpoint. Uh, a, a good example on the partnership side is a technology that exists in the travel space, which we've connected to a, a photo opportunity. And now it's created revenue streams for the photo company to be able to have a travel platform that they can sell as part of their services, which they would not have built out on their own. He knows, and vice he versa knows Warren. Well. Warren was a guest on go. the show. So that's Warren uh, Struhl. Yeah. I know Warren Struhl. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. my man Warren. So that's an opportunity that we've built out there. In terms of in terms of bringing great people, Arm is another great one, right? We, we had them on the show. Oh, that's uh, right. They were as here, well, yeah. Right? So, so the ability to think outside of the normal, straightforward sales approach and build out sales channels that exist outside and partnership deals that exist outside of the box. What business development is changes and evolves as technology and the times do. People are much more apt to open a text than they are an email, statistically yeah. speaking. So you have to, I think, imagine the idea of what business development was isn't necessarily what it will be next month, let alone next year. So that's a great comment because I Why, think, thank you. I, I think everybody has a different idea of what business development is. It certainly is what Ori said it is. But for me, I just liken it to I'm training a guy that's just start, young kid, 25 years old, went to Florida State. I know his dad. He said, would you do me a favor and work with this with my son? Sure, absolutely. Well, his management at this insurance company he's working for is saying, go out and sell me some insurance today. Go out and call on people that you think you can sell insurance to. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Pump the brakes, buddy. Yeah. I want you to go out and meet as many people as you can, develop relationships that can turn into business because that's I want to earn the right to talk to you about what I do for business. So I think selling, and I, you know, this is obviously a lot of what I talk about on the road, selling in the new millennium is really not selling at all. It's really positioning yourself to develop the right relationships that turn into business. Why do we why are we successful at what we do? We have relationships we can call on that were that were, you know, years ago we developed those that we now call them up and say, "Hey, remember me? Well, I got something I think you should take a look at." That business development, you know, activity was done so long ago, but I think people in this new economy don't realize that 
the sale is not instantaneous. It's not instant gratification. You don't rush to it's, the altar. You don't rush to the altar. There's dating and courting and romance. Honeymoon period, absolutely. There's and patience. I mean, no is, one no one meets uh, someone on uh, Match.com and says, what are you doing Saturday? Let's get married. Uh, I mean, maybe not, some of them do. Well, <laughs> you probably shouldn't. Yeah. It should probably be uh, lunch, and then it should be drinks, and it should be dinner. Absolutely. To Steve's point, I, had, I met with a startup uh, last week, really interesting technology, doing some good stuff, and they're sort of at the end of their road in terms of the, the finances they got to this point. Um, so you, and, wrote, you wrote him a check, right? I, I, I would have loved to have written this guy a check. <laughs> but one of the questions that I asked him was, you know, how many partnership deals have you done? You, you've burned through almost $2 million at this point. You have some traction. You've got users that are, that are using this app. You've got merchants that are, that are using it on the retail side. And how many partnership deals have you done? He's like, looked at me like I was from Mars. And I said, never even considered that. Never even considered having wow. partnership deals. And I said, well, that's, that's part of your problem right yeah. now because you can, you could sign up one restaurant at a time right. or you could do a partnership deal where you have access to a thousand right. that you've opened that relationship to. And over time, develop that relationship, one, get one to know to them. Many, one to many is a significant opportunity. They take longer to bake. Yeah. But, you know, people you, are creatures of habit. They do things. It's always the way they've always done things. And successful people uh, break those habits. Successful people say that there's a better path. There's a different way to get from point A to point B. Yeah. And, and, and the partnership side of things is it's just not within the normal purview of, of the founder, of the purview. CEO. That's a I, I always use a big word because nice. it, it just throws, it throws Steve off his game completely. <laughs> like, Steve, I love it. Prior to this conversation, Steve thought when you went to the movies, the films that were coming out at Christmas time were the purviews. <laughs> they are. They're like, oh, you see that purview? Big Mama's <laughs> House 5. <laughs> this Christmas. Love it. <laughs> little levity. Love uh, it. G- give, me, give me a do and give me a don't because sometimes people need, all right, all right, I think I got the idea on business development from a guy who knows, and or certainly that's the case. Uh, a business development do should always or as often as you can be what? I would say a, a do sort of relates to, to both sides of it. A, a, a do is to keep the deck to yourself. And by that Email, you mean? Emailing out a deck takes away all the power of your presentation. Uh, you can't get in front of them. Well, either that or you, let, or you let them kind of lead the way in terms of what they're seeing in there. Mm-hmm. I always prefer to say send out an executive summary or a blurb, even just an email. Hey, this is what our company is about. Would love to sit down and show you in more detail. Purpose of that is them wanting more and also not seeming desperate Yeah, you want thirsty, yeah, as the kids say. And I think I want to control the process. To me, that's the most important that's part great. because there's a visual component of the deck that matches up with the verbal component. Mm-hmm. And if I send you the visual without the verbal, then you're starting to think your own thoughts about what this slide means or why you did it this way or what you're thinking here. I love it. And, and it doesn't allow you to have the full control of, of saying what you want to say, and you only have that one chance often to, to do that. That's so, awesome. So and, that, that to me is a big one. And how about a big don't in business development as it stands and pertains to 2018 and moving forward? Yeah, that's a good one. So I think you want to be very careful with how you use social media in, in that regard. So LinkedIn to me is a great tool to use. Twitter a little bit as well. You want to open up conversations. It's not the don't is don't jump into the sale right away. Mm. Open up a conversation. When can we jump on a call? When would be good for me to discuss this idea and even give a little bit of an uh, plant the seed a little bit of what your thought is. So uh, I had a call this morning with with somebody who I don't know. We have you know circles that are in common. And instead of just rushing into what the idea is, I said, here are some of the places where I play. I'm just going to throw this stuff out there, mm-hmm. and you tell me what 
you think makes sense for us in terms of a partnership and in terms of talking about this further. And instead of selling him on, oh, hey, you need a deck and you need to raise money, because he didn't need any of that. Don't, don't people just, don't people want to feel selected, chosen? Don't they want, I mean, even The Bachelor uh, hands roses to the girls who get to come back for another week of fake TV romance. <laughs> I, I imagine that those being approached, a bachelor right? reference. And, and those being, you know, pitched, they want to feel as though, hey, they chose me and us for a reason. It's not just because we have, you know, uh, liquid equity. Yeah. Uh, that, that because they believe there's a fit for us in which it is symbiotic, that there is potential partnership. I mean, don't we all just want to feel like, hmm, he's not just looking for me as money as a financer, uh, but rather as there legitimately is purpose for me and what we do. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when there's those synergies that align, they're very clear right away. Right, we were happy to bring Wendy down because we saw a real opportunity with real synergies there, and I think the same thing can be said for how you present that. So when you're connecting with potential investors, when you're connecting with potential business partners, if you lay that out but allow the other side to kind of open up their world to think about what those possibilities are, mm. and then come back to it, revisit that conversation. I met with somebody yesterday. He's a he's a CTO for hire, and I presented him with an idea, and I just planted some seeds. I said. Here are a couple of the ideas that I think will work between us and how this partnership could grow. Let's talk again in a week. For the life of me, I can't understand how you get so many smart people to hang around I was just going to say, <laughs> I know really, he's the, the smarter one. Every, it's the yin and the yang. Every, every episode, it's like, okay, it's as if uh, me and, and Bill Gates said, let's split our wealth. Put all your wealth in a pile, mine, and I'll dump it in, and we'll just go 50-50. Because, Steve, you're certainly... Hang around smart people. You're getting the be- Yeah, that's right. That's right. Smart, hey, that's a smartness in itself. I told you, as a kid in college, squeezing lemonade by hand at Saratoga Racetrack in the summertime, it would play for the racing form, the commercial. It would say, smart people don't know the answers. They know where to find them. Yeah. And clearly, you're not that smart, but you know where to find them. I am. And I, that's what, <laughs> but I make that up in my looks. It's for those that can't see me. I can be. <laughs> no, the beauty of the partnership, though, is, is the, the things that we bring to the table complement each other so, so well. And it has to. Yeah. Partnerships have to be part. It can't be fake. It can't be, a, you know, a predator a situation and, and prey. It has to be of mutual benefit. Otherwise, and it's, it's not refreshing a when, it, when I introduce him into a scenario. It's refreshing that it's not a duplication of me. You're yes. seeing another side of how we think, how we operate, Compliment. different different skill sets, different everything different that ultimately gets somebody to the to the next level, and, and that's uh, really our goal. As you said, the yin to the yang, the peanut yeah. butter to the jelly. No, yeah, man. Nothing gives me greater pleasure than sending a deal to Steve, having him send me an email back like, "Huh? What? What do you see here?" <laughs> and then me telling him. This is what I see here. And he's like, oh, yeah, I get it. Now, now I see it. Yeah. Now I get it. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> Just once in a while, someone's got to read the big words. Yeah, you know what? You know, like, did, did, did you read it? I go, oh, is that what I'm supposed That's to That's what it means. <laughs> CEO at Deck Smarter, Chief Strategist at Strategy Blessed LLC, Ori Udowitz, you the man, you as the you man. said earlier. You. It was great to have you with us. Thanks great for joining. Here. This had 30-plus minutes flew by. Yeah, man. this was Because finally, um, we had a chance to get some smart people around you and I. Isn't it awesome? That also it keeps helps. getting better. Indeed. I know, Steve, as we often note, as we wrap up every episode of the podcast, you don't simply ask folks out of laziness or, you know, just small talk. How you doing? Instead, you ask them to tell you something good. You, like myself, maintain an attitude of gratitude. You believe that every day above ground is a good day. So tell me something good as we put the bow. We, we on actually got confirmation today on this Marcus Smart edition that uh, the in two weeks on August 28th, Jim Poole, the CEO of Newcom, which is the absolute newest 
uh, way to help people. It's the future of sleep. Uh, Tony Robbins is using it with the Golden State Warriors, with the Washington Capitals, with the French soccer team. Anybody who's won recently is actually using Nucom to sleep better and feel better and stress He'll be joining us in two weeks. He will be joining us in the studio, and then we're having a dinner event that night where he will present this technology um, that is so phenomenal for us to be in- involved with and so Super excited. excited. It's the game changer. FDA approved. Um, right. And something that is a game changer. So I'm so excited. He agreed today. He changed his schedule. He's going to come in, do our podcast, and then that evening in Boca, anybody who wants to come and see this and hear about it, please be our guest. Congratulations. All right. Our thanks again. Uh, Ori, appreciate you being here. A pleasure. Ori Udowitz. Steve wanted to go for 37. Want to try and do it? Keep it going. 37. I don't know. Who wears 37? There's a, there's a few. There's a few. There's we got to do Defensive some backs, safeties, and cornerbacks yes, yeah. in particular. Oh, okay. All right, we will. We'll do that. On behalf of Steve Nudelberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time for number 37 of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. So long, everybody.